I think it must have been a labor of love for Mr. Sign. That's Colin Ziegler, the head of publishing for the Natural History Museum in London. He's describing the very first color dictionary. It's called Werner's Nomenclature of Colors, based on the work of a mineralogist named Abraham Gottlieb Werner, which was later expanded by Scottish artist Patrick Syme. Printed in 1814, this was like the first modern-day dictionary of colors. It's basically, it's a practical guide to the colors that you find in nature. So nomenclature, it literally means the devising or the choosing of names for things. And, and this book really does exactly that. Back in the early 1800s, there was no universal or reliable way to describe colors. There was no set name for colors, no Pantone books, no color charts, and still many years to go before photography was invented. So, kind of when you were a naturalist in the field, there was no reliable way of recording the colors that you saw unless you were a skilled artist in possession of a set of paints. One famous naturalist in particular relied heavily on Werner's nomenclature of colors. The naturalist Charles Darwin, he actually used to carry a copy with him um, when he was on his travels and he, and he would literally pull it out so that he could pinpoint the precise names of the colors he saw. Before Syme's color dictionary, there was no standardized way to communicate a color. What is crimson versus carmine? Is my idea of lavender the same as your vision of violet? Syme's book helped universalize the language of color. On each page of the book is a long list of colors, grouped by category. Greens on one page, reds on another. Each color is identified by its name, an actual painted swatch of that color, and several examples in nature that contain that color. Darwin used Werner's book of colors to help him paint pictures. Um, for instance, there's the one where he was describing a cuttlefish, and he said it was varying in tint between a hyacinth red and a chestnut brown. And then on another occasion, he was describing the sea, an indigo with a little azure blue, whilst the sky was Berlin with a little ultramarine. Werner's book is the foundation on which future color charts would be built. One wonders what he would think of color names today, like atomic turquoise or banana cream. There's no question, time and technology has broadened, deepened, and complicated colors. But it's a treasure to see the foundation on which our current chaotic color world was built. The very simple ones, just like Snow White, which is the purest white color, being free of all intermixture, it resembles new fallen snow. An ink black being kind of velvet black with a little indigo blue in it. But maybe my favorite of all is, I think, is, is flax flower blue, which is described as being Berlin blue with a slight tinge of ultramarine blue. And it can be found in the wings of devil's butterfly, or of course in the flax flower itself, or in blue copper ore. That's the loveliest part of Werner's nomenclature of colors. Patrick Syme delicately weaves together a vast horizon of objects to find the same colors in wildly different areas of nature. Sienna yellow, which is primrose yellow with a little ochre yellow, and you find it in the vent parts of the tail of the bird of paradise, the stamen of honeysuckle, and the pale Brazilian topax. I love the idea that in 1812 anybody knew what the vent parts of the tail of the bird of the paradise, what colour they were, <laughs> let alone comparing it with the stamen of the honeysuckle. Every color in Werner's book evokes a new vision, a new connection, a new poem inspired by the world in which we live. And then you have straw yellow, which was found in the polar bear, oat straw, 
and sure light calamine, and I doubt those three have ever been compared anywhere else. Werner's nomenclature of colors has been recently re-released in a portable hardcover edition by the Natural History Museum in London. I'm Heather McElhatton, and this is A Beautiful World. Brought to you with help from the Pollard Family Foundation.